Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Wally, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for coming on today. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Dom, and and thanks for having me on as always. Now, we're friendly. Guy's former native of Philadelphia, South Philly, one of the Lancaster County commissioners. We've had him on several times, it seems like, over the last three years or so, since the election in 2020, then 2022. Of all these uh, orders that come down from judges that don't like somehow or another what the duly elected people have set up to make decisions on voting, so you represented Lancaster County. What was the beef with Lancaster County in this federal case? Well, the ACLU sued all 67 counties in Pennsylvania and the Commonwealth uh, Secretary of State uh, regarding the outside envelope and what date you place on the outside envelope of a mail ballot. And I'll start by saying that um, – there, there was a, a win of a battle, maybe a loss of the war here. The battle that was won was that we filed a motion for summary judgment on behalf of our client, Lancaster County, which the court granted and dismissed all claims against Lancaster County. And why that was a win was because the ACLU essentially attempted to shake down Lancaster County and all 67 counties. At the outset of the, of the litigation, and this is quite outrageous, they sent a letter to everyone and said, we're not going to seek attorney's fees against you if you uh, agree not to fight us in this case. Many counties agreed to that. They agreed to that shakedown. In fact, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania agreed to the shakedown. They actually filed no opposition to this case. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, who was a defendant in this case, filed no opposition. I, I should be so lucky. In all of my years, 21 years of practicing, Dom, I've never had a defendant say, you know what, Mr. Zimmerlong's right, court, give him whatever he asked for. That's essentially what the Attorney General of Pennsylvania did in this case. But luckily, you know, we had we had folks that were principled. We had uh, Josh Parsons. We had well, Ray, excuse had me, Wally. So is it the current attorney general that did that or was this back to Josh Shapiro? That was back to Josh. Shapiro, yeah, there and you then, go. And then, of course. and then the and then that was the initial. And then when the successor came in. Right. You can see it. It's all publicly filed when they when the motion for summary judgment was filed on behalf of the plaintiff. Right. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania said, we agree. The plaintiff, what they're requesting is the right thing to do. We want you, court, to order, enter this order in favor of the plaintiff. I've never seen anything like it, where a defendant, the number one defendant, the first principal defendant, Al Schmidt, um, in his official capacity, took that position. It was quite, quite outrageous. Well, Mr. But, Schmidt, for listeners, just a remind, is the guy in his high horse all the time talking about we're outrageous. Why do we pick on him? alleged Republican, alleged guest at Dom Giordano's Feast of the Seven Fishes, alleged. which would never happen again. Alleged Feast of the Seven Fishes. Never, never happened. Never happened again. So, you know, this game, that, so that's, that's one big point here, uh, Wally. But the nugget, I think, yeah. that you put out this backdoor attempt. Now, Mark Levin, sure. you know, we have the best. We have you. Mark Levin came on the show in 2020. To lay out the fact that, that constitutionally, this goes back to the legislatures to make these rules. And doesn't common sense say, all right, you don't want to show up at the polls, but you've got to get this right if you want to do a mail-in ballot. Otherwise, we're going to continue to have this argument about the integrity of elections. You're probably, many people are probably hearing mail-in ballots and their eyes are rolling and they're thinking, here we go with these mail-in ballots again. 
But the reality is here, Dom, this has very little to do with mail-in ballots and almost nothing to do with what date goes on the outside okay. of the mail-in ballots. What the left is trying to do is, is, as Mark Levin said, is that they're trying to nationalize elections, and here's how they're trying to do it. They're trying to say that under the Voting Rights Act, any state-level procedure that is not material to someone's qualifications to vote should be invalid. And that's exactly the argument they took here. So what they're saying is, what are the qualifications to vote in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? Well, they're sort of immutable qualifications. Are you 18 years of age? Are you a United States citizen? Have you lived in the Commonwealth for 90 days? There you go. You check those three boxes. You, you get your foot in the door to be eligible. You can register to vote unless you, with, with few exceptions, lost your, your right to vote because you're a felon or something. You have your foot in the door. But at that point, as you know, there are a whole host of other procedures that you have to follow to actually cast your ballot. You have to, you have to show up to the polling place on time. Um, you know, in the case of a mail ballot, you've got to fill it out. You've got you to complete it. You've got to put it in the envelope. You've got to mail it in on time. Uh, you've got to go to the right polling place. I mean, these are sort of basic things. If you're a first-time you're a first-time voter in Pennsylvania, you've got to show ID. Basic things. Now, what the left is trying to say is none of those things really concern your qualifications to vote. It doesn't, it doesn't determine whether or not you're 18. It doesn't determine whether or not United States, you're a United States citizen. And, and none of those determine whether or not you are a resident of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So, therefore, all of those should be declared invalid under the Voting Rights Act. So that's what they're trying to do here. So what does that mean? Well, we have a certain period of time before um, voting day by which you need to be registered. Does that have to do with your qualifications to vote? Nope. The left's going to attack that as being uh, invalid under the Voting Rights Act. They, and that's the way they're going to get same-day registration. That's the way they're going to get same-day registration and then same-day voting. So, so any of your basic procedures that you, you now have um, at any state, uh, they're, they're, they're going to attack that on using the same legal theory that they used in this mail ballot case. Because the reality is there are very few mail ballots that are actually incorrectly dated, let alone are they of a sufficient number to have determined the outcome of any election. So it's, it's apparent what they're trying to do. It, it doesn't have to, they're not trying to do this because it's going to determine the outcome any, of any election. They're doing it, as Mark Levin realizes, to nationalize the election mm -hmm. and dismantle any state-level regulation, whether it be in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, anywhere. This is how they couldn't get it done in Congress. They couldn't get federalized elections done in Congress. So this is how they're going to attack it, through the court system. Uh, you know, in a day of holiday, people saying whatever, you know what my big fear, too, is. And then thank God you're on this. And, and immediately I saw how big this is, Wally. We're trying to get back to a time in America where we believe that the election and the outcome, and this was done to Trump, too, in 2016. They weren't going to accept the outcome. Uh, by accept, I mean, of course, we're going to say, this is ridiculous. How could this people vote for a guy like Biden with the flaming birthday cake, and he can't put two sentences together to get off the stage? But I mean outright, this wasn't fair. It was manipulated. The outcome, people didn't really do it. And every time they do this stuff, it becomes harder to do it. That's the real big consequence of it. More if they get away with it, we know what's going to happen. We're never going to have a shot in, in an election again. You're right. Uh, you know, keep in mind, just, uh, just a year ago, the Democrat 
controlled Supreme Court of Pennsylvania ruled that you had to follow this procedure. That yes. it was a matter of state law that you have to date the outside yes. of the envelope correctly. The Democrat controlled Supreme Court. So this isn't some some conservative or some right wing idea. It's just about basic election procedures. And we have it for all of the consternation and all the hand wringing by the Democrats saying that Republicans are trying to undermine democracy at the voting booth. It is the left that is constantly chipping away at fundamental procedures that instill confidence in the results of the election, win or lose. This is a point I've made in court when we've done battle. I said, this is at the end of the day, one of the important byproducts of this case, whatever case it may be, is making sure the public has confidence in the results of an election so that every four years, the other side isn't claiming the, the, the other side has stolen the election or there was interference or there was fraud or Russia collusion. That, that is a recipe for disaster. That is what undermines a democracy. But the left is content to chip away at these procedures that have existed for decades, decades, yeah. and have resulted in elections of, 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 of Democrat candidates and Republican candidates. But they seem like the left wants to do with everything. They want to dismantle it all. So what does this lead to? Does this, since it's a federal judge, it goes to other appellate courts, you believe, maybe to this? The, the, the problem here is the Supreme Court could have really helped in 2020 if they had weighed in on time on what, you know, as far as stopping this notion of just you can't win an election if you're a conservative or a Republican or Trump. If they don't do it soon here, again, you know, if they feel John Roberts feels he's getting his hands dirty or whatever, uh, this is obvious what has to be done here to stop this if you're going to have confidence in elections. So where does it go next, Wally? What do you predict happens? Yeah, I, I predict this is the case. This is the voting case that actually uh, makes it to the Supreme Court and we get a substantive decision on the merits. And the reason why is the federal statute that they uh, sued under, the ACLU and their clients sued under, there is a split amongst the circuits as to whether or not an individual or a group or a political party can actually sue for right. violation of this statute or if that right is exclusive to the attorney general of the United States. Now, interestingly enough, it could be coincidence or otherwise, that just the day before the decision came out, Monday, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that private litigants can't bring right causes of action under the Voting Rights Act, the, vote, the Voters' Voting Rights Act, that power resides exclusively with the Attorney General of the United States. Two years ago, in a now vacated decision, the Third Circuit, actually a very conservative panel, ruled that there was a private right of action that could be brought under the Voting Rights Act. Now, that was, was vacated. Um, that decision was vacated. So what I expect to see happen here is that the district court's decision that was handed down yesterday will probably be appealed to the third circuit. Uh, if the third circuit rules in a way that is inconsistent with the eighth circuit, and then several years ago, the sixth circuit also held that there's no private right of action that creates a circuit split. When you have a circuit split, those are the types of cases that the Supreme Court likes to take, because one of the chief jobs of the United States Supreme Court is to resolve these circuit splits so we have uniformity, so you don't have mm -hmm. different rules that apply to the Eighth Circuit than you do in the Third Circuit. 
So I think this is the case that we might see the United States Supreme Court finally take up. Um, and, you know, Thomas, uh, Justice Thomas and Justice Alito have been saying, one of these days we're going to have to take one of these voting cases to resolve some of these issues. And I think this is the one they're, they're likely to take because of the circuit split and also because of some comments in a footnote that Justice Alito made regarding this exact issue um, in a case called Migliori that vacated the Third Circuit um, decision in that case. So it's a very interesting case. Um, you know, it's a, it's a setback momentarily, but I think ultimately this is the case that gets to the United States Supreme Court. And ultimately, I think we're going to be, um, you know, victorious on this. And, and it'll, it'll certainly help in that pat- defeat that pattern of the Democrats constantly running the federal court to chip away at election integrity laws and, and, and just neutral voting rules in each state. And, and ultimately, it's still confidence back into the results of our election. Hopefully so. Uh, Wally, I hope you're on it every step of the way. Where's the best place to find Wally Zimmerlong? Uh, you, can, you can find me on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly active on Twitter, at Wally Zimmerlong is my handle. And then uh, my website, Zimmerlong Law, Z-I-M-O-L-O-N-G, law.com and uh, my email my contact information is on there feel free to, to to drop me a line thank god we have you there thanks for bringing this to the attention of all of us while we have a great thanksgiving all right happy thanksgiving again dom take care dom giordano weekdays noon till three from talk radio 1210 wphd